you know, talking about the year of the Bible, uh, we're, we're taking the readings from the previous week in the one-year Bible and systematically going through it and uh, having a message prepared for you based on last week's reading. Now, if you're reading with us in the one-year Bible, you'll know that we were really hanging out in the book of Romans. Uh, and so we're going to kind of talk about that. You know, the big idea really for today's message is faith is the key. Really, if you think about faith... I want you to think about faith being like the master key. You know, if you get a key mastered, it will open every lock, right? It'll open every door. And faith is like the master key that will unlock every door in the invisible kingdom. You know, we serve an invisible God and there's an invisible kingdom. You know, I think about Jesus and he talked to a guy before he was crucified by the name of Pontius Pilate. He was a religious guy and he was a political powerhouse. And uh, he said, Jesus, what's up? I mean, they're calling you king and that, that you're the king of the Jews and you're the king this and you're king that. He said, where's your servants if you're the king? He said, my kingdom is not of this earth. If it was, you'd be in trouble. He was still in trouble. Jesus had the power to call a legion of angels, which, by the way, is a big posse. <laughs> that's, a, that's a strong back. You know what I'm talking about? But he didn't. He said, my kingdom is not on this earth. And in the book of Romans, in the early parts of the chapter, it basically says that we serve an invisible God, but his invisible attributes are clearly seen by the things that he has made, the animals, the trees. Come on now. Talking about an intelligent designer, his name is Jesus. He said, my invisible attributes are clearly seen by the things which I have made so that men are without excuse. So in this invisible kingdom, if you would, there's a master key that unlocks every door, that unlocks every promise, that unlocks every gift, that unlocks all the benefits of the kingdom of God, and the key is called faith. And Paul the apostle begins to disclose this systematic study of God, this theology, in the book of Romans when he was writing to the vibrant church in Rome. He was talking about faith. Now, you got to realize he was writing to the church. He was writing to the people who called upon the name of Jesus and were growing in their faith. The thing about the scripture that we have to remind ourselves, Paul penned it, but guess what? It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we believe that the word of God is like the plumb line for our thinking, or let me say our stinking thinking right? So the word of God is the plumb line that straightens us out. And so when we receive the word of God, the written word, Genesis through Revelation, we know that it's good for reproof. It's good for doctrine. It's good for theology. It's good to rebuke us a little bit. How many of you like to be rebuked? I love to be rebuked. <laughs> No, just kidding. I don't like that. But it's good for that. It's good to be encouraged. It's good to know that we're on the right path. It's the navigator. You know what I'm talking about. I have this uh, little app on my phone. It's uh, called Google Maps, but I also have Apple Maps. 
and I test them out every so often to try to figure out which one's more accurate. And for a while, I really felt that Google Maps had the upper, an, upper hand on, on the accuracy. And then I started using Apple Maps and doing an Apple CarPlay. And the old Apple, he's come on the scene and he's getting up there with Google. And uh, but when I make a wrong turn, it just says reroute, rerouting, make a U-turn. And that's what the word of God does for us. And Paul, writing to the church in Rome, comes out swinging in chapter 8 verse 1 with a big idea here so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus and because you belong to him the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. In other words he was saying you're now in the judgment free zone and he's not talking about planet fitness y'all. I mean, if you were a smart businessman, you just need to find some slogans that are in the Bible and you'll make a lot of money. <laughs> God invented that slogan. So uh, anyways, so <laughs> you're in the judgment-free zone. You know, you talk about the judgment-free zone over at Planet Fitness. It's like, you know, man, it doesn't matter if you got more cellulite than muscle. You know, it doesn't matter if you can't, you know, if you went to, matter of fact, I think they took the bench press bar out of there because, you know, you might look dumb. Either way, it's like, just exercise, everybody. Come on. <laughs> and we're not going to judge you. Well, God said that, that now there is no judgment. There is no condemnation for those who are found in Christ. Now, that's a big deal. That's a big deal to not be found on the bad side of town, if you would. See, we just sang about it. It says we're going to be resurrected from the dead in Christ. So if we're, if we're over here, it's a bad situation. But when we're found in Christ, now there's no condemnation. There's no judgment. I'm actually going to be raised from the dead like Jesus was. He was the first to be raised from the dead. Jesus was the forerunner, right? He's the forerunner of our faith. This is the gospel we preach. This is why we're here, folks. The biggest idea of the, of, about Jesus and coming to church, you're going to be resurrected from the dead. That's a big deal. It ain't walking dead, folks. I mean, why am I doing this? Because I'm going to be raised from the dead out of the dirt and I'm going somewhere. And, and so he, he said, if you're found in Christ, there's no more judgment. There's no more condemnation. Essentially, God is looking through the lens of the cross at your life. And, and that's what sets us apart. But sometimes we fall into the trap of living in the judgment zone or, or, or self-judgment or, or accusations from Satan like fiery darts of the enemy. Or how about this, the, the condemnation of man right? Not measuring up to man's standards. And, and, and he's writing to the, to the people in Rome and he's saying, look, church, you've been liberated. You've been set free. You're out of the judgment zone. You can now be found in Christ righteous because of your faith. And we're going to talk about that. It's not necessarily about your behavior modification. It's about being found in Christ. And he said, church, look, it's a trap, Condemnation is a trap. It is. It's a trap. Because God wants us to live victorious while we're on planet Earth, not defeated. So Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, So what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
That's a big deal. If God is for you, who can be against you? You ever prayed this prayer before? Lord, would you deliver me from myself? <laughs> Sounds like I feel a little roar in the audience here. It sounds like you have a familiar prayer. That might be a good prayer of yours. Lord, deliver me from me. <laughs> Sometimes I'm my worst enemy and I inflict the most pain upon myself. And, and, and you know, he said, God is for you. Who can be against you? See, our aim should be to please the Lord versus pleasing man. I want to be a God pleaser, not a man pleaser. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Doesn't mean I'm rude to men. It just means, you know what? God is my witness. I am here to please God, not to man. And I'm not going to be contaminated by the idea that I'm not measuring up to man's standards. I want to be found right in God. And in order to please God, see, a lot of times when we think about pleasing God instantaneously by default setting, we think about behavior modification. Behavior modification. So Paul's writing to the church who came out of a behavior modification model called the law and the Pharisees and a lot of these things that they were putting on man. And he said, look, your behavior modification is not going to please God. As a matter of fact, no matter what you mustered up in your skill set, in your personality type, and you, it's no good to God. The only thing that pleases God is faith. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Remember I was saying, faith is the master key. So when we say, I'm gonna be a God pleaser, then he's gonna find faith in me. He's gonna find faith in me. See, God uses a guy named Abraham as an illustration for us. When Paul was writing to the church in Rome, he cross-referenced back to a gentleman, old Abe, in chapter 15 of Genesis. Abraham is known as the father of faith, and he used him as an illustration on this thing called faith being the master key that unlocks the door or unlocks the promises of God. And he says this in Romans chapter 4, verse 3, for the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God or faithed in God or trusted in God, he, he faith in God, he acted out in faith, he believed, and God counted to him as righteous because of his faith, not because of his behavior modification. Come on, somebody. Not because of his status quo, not because he did good today. No, it was counted to him as righteousness because of his faith, no other ingredient, the number one ingredient, period. You know how it is when you're shopping for dog food, don't you? So they tell us. It's called the law of the first mention. In other words, it's the law of the first ingredient. So the number one word when you're looking at the ingredients on your dog food <laughs> is, is it corn? If it is, you're buying bad dog food, folks. I mean, I know you, you, you might as well just let your dog fast, get a little table scrap. <laughs> you just be, he's blowing up with filler. <laughs> That's what we do sometimes, right? We blow up with filler. But when you see the number one ingredient as lamb, now see, I'm getting somewhere. The lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. I feed my dog lamb. I don't know about you. <laughs> Makes me feel more holy. 
<laughs> but, but if you keep reading, if you keep reading, it's not just lamb, you know, it's some other things. Now, fortunately, he's got some vegetables and fruit in his food. I don't know. He's eating better than me. My wife told me yesterday, I said, if things got bad, we just eat the dog food. I said, great idea, honey. I'm going to eat the dog first. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> hey, he, he'll be a type of Christ, giving his life for the family. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm just kidding for you, animal. I like my animal. Don't mess with him, you know. <laughs> But, but there's other ingredients. But what God is saying to us, there is no more ingredients. We want to add to the ingredient list. We want to add to the list either before or after. We want to add something to the list because when we add something to the list, it makes us feel better. It's a psychological antidote. But God said faith is the ingredient. It starts with faith and it ends with faith and it was counted to Abraham as righteousness because of his faith. This is the message. Come on somebody, yeah. We're starting to preach now. Second service got an amen crowd. Faith is the ingredient. Nothing more, nothing less. See, the word of God came to Abraham, the promise, if you would. See, God told Abraham, and Paul was referencing this to get his point across. God told Abraham, he said, look, Abe, you're going to be the father of multitudes. He says, as a matter of fact, come on out the house, my friend. Come on out the tent. I want you to walk outside. It's a clear night. And I want you to start counting the stars if you can. And he said, that's how many your descendants are going to be. It was the promise of God to Abraham, not only in this life, but the life to come. And Abraham didn't even have a son yet. Matter of fact, his wife was barren, right? He had trouble. But God said, this is my promise. And the Bible says that God sold Abraham and he received it. He laid hold of it by faith. He captured the promise. He deposited the promise in his bank account where he could go make withdrawals from it. In order to make withdrawals from the promise of God, it has to be deposited in your account. And the only way to deposit the promise is by faith. So Abraham took the promise, deposited it into his account, and then he made withdrawals out of that from that day forward. See, God brought Abraham outside. Sometimes you have to get away from the noise. Sometimes you have to get away from the stimulus of the media, social media too. Hey, look, that guy back there is on Facebook. Pray for him, Lord. You know how it is? I don't have my phone on me, thank God. I was preaching at the Wiggins location. I, I hear my phone, I'm like, thing will never shut up. I thought I turned every notification off, except Northwoods. But I got to get messages from God right now. But, but it's true. It's like what we work all day, then we go home. And if you have kids, you're working with your kids. And if you're not working with your kids, you're going to say, and if you find yourself on the back porch like Abe, instead of looking into the sky, we scroll through. Now, I'm not against social media or technology. We're very progressive as a church, obviously. I'm just talking about there's a promise 
for you, but sometimes you gotta step off the porch, you gotta get away from the noise, you gotta be still and know that he is God so that you can get a promise from God, so you can acquire it by faith, so you can make a deposit, so you can start making withdrawals. Come on, man. That's the key. He was justified by his faith and he began the journey of walking out his faith with fear and trembling. But he had money in the bank, folks. He had something to sustain him through the disappointments. There's disappointments in your life. But it said that Abraham did not stagger, that Abraham did not waver. He was fully persuaded that not only the promise was from God, but that God was able to accomplish the promise. And so because of that, that was acquired by faith, it gave him life, it gave him energy, it strengthened him through disappointments on planet earth. And that's what he was preaching. This is Paul the apostle. So what is faith? You know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse one defines it for us. It said, faith is the evidence It's the evidence, it's the substance of things hoped for, the things, the reassurance of things hoped for, that they'll actually happen, that they'll actually come to place because you don't see them yet. See, Abraham could not see the promise. Man, he had no kids and God said, count the stars. And he's thinking, I'm getting old in age. I'm tired, I got a lot of work to do. Count the stars, you'll get that when you get home. It's for you married folks. Count the stars. He said, I got to get busy. But you know what? It says my evidence. It's not yet happened, but I have evidence. Show me the proof, prosecuting attorney. I've got the evidence and it's faith. That's it. That's it. So where's your evidence? The evidence is in your faith. And so faith continues. Faith continues to operate in our life. Romans chapter five, verse one. Now that he's laid the foundation, he can begin to build upon it. He laid the foundation of faith. Now he's saying, now this this is what comes with it. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. What Jesus did. Here it is, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Because of our faith, we stand in a place of undeserved privilege. You see, faith produces undeserved privilege. Faith does. It's unearned, it's free access. It's unmerited favor from God himself to you. It's a free gift. You cannot do anything to earn it. It's free. It's like you're going to the movie when there's a free showing and you go up to the place and they said, insert your card, sir, or swipe your card. You swipe your card, decline. The movie's free, you swipe your card decline. Well, maybe I should put the chip in there. It's got a chip reader. Decline, decline, decline. No matter what you try to do, 
No matter how much you want to pay for it, the price has been paid. It's free access. You're standing in the place where there's no judgment, where there's unmerited favor, where there's undeserved privilege, and you're going to be resurrected from the dead. That's right. See, God offers free admission and full access to all of his benefits. See, you would think that something free would get people's attention, but it doesn't. Because the, 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 the Bible says the enemy has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, so they cannot see the light of the glorious gospel. That's where we come in play. I'm light, you're salt. I'm salt, you're light. So that when they see you, and they taste the salt in your life. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, it changes the flavor. It, it, it brings light on the scene. And, and what happens is the mind is blind, and so they're unable to see the free access. Man, when people get stuff free, it's a, it's a stampede. I mean, people get strange when you give them free stuff. You ever been? You been I think they did something new uh, here recently trying to repeat Black, Black Friday in the summertime. I mean... It's like, we need people to watch for the stampedes. You know, that flat screen TV, you're going to run you over. I'll kill you for that flat screen TV. I don't care. I'll go to jail. I'll Look. <laughs> Look, if we had a guy in the back right now saying, uh, you know, Ruth's Chris Steaks, filet mignon, whatever ounce you want, Sunday afternoon only, get your tickets. Everybody would empty the church. I don't preach that good. <laughs> people get strange when you give them free stuff. The, the thing is that Jesus said, this is full access here, everybody. This is free. It's been paid for. The cross has power generation after generation. I'm sending out the message to the party. I'm throwing a party at the end. I'm throwing the great wedding for you. Think you've been to a party? You ain't been to no party yet. Wait till you're raised from the dead in a glorified state and Jesus puts on the party. That's for some of you party animals like me. He ain't never been to no party. <laughs> he said, I'm putting on a party and I'm sending out the invitation and it's, and it's VIP for everybody. Come on, I'm rolling out the red carpet and you don't have to pay a cover charge. <laughs> the problem is nobody's showing up. His disciples were getting upset. Jesus, this is incredible, but nobody's showing. He said, because we're not getting any RSVP back, don't be discouraged. I'll tell you what. Why don't you go to the byways? Why don't you go to the highways? Why don't you start going to the people that humanity won't give two cents for? Because my party's going to be full. My house is going to be full, says the Lord. Go out there and be light and be salt because it's free access, it's full benefits, and it's acquired by faith. I got a master key that everybody can have. As a matter of fact, God has deposited an ingredient of faith, enough faith in humanity to get saved, to get right with God. It's already in you. You just got to use it. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Book of Romans talking about the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen by the things which are made. Faith produces that undeserved privilege. We're completely vetted through Christ. We're joint heirs with him. We're in the family. We can go to the refrigerator and get that ice cream cone. 
problem is we need to be reprogrammed. See, you know how it is when you have those little kids? You know, they get privileges only by certain standards. You eat all them green beans, you know, you still try. I mean, we still do that. I mean, that thing's age-old thing. You eat all your green beans, you eat that lettuce that has chemicals in it and pesticides. <laughs> Go with me. <laughs> For you organics. I'm trying to reach the whole crowd here. Come on. As you finish those green beans, as soon as you get that room clean, you can get that ice cream cone, double dip, dark chocolate, Hagen dolls, <laughs> or whatever, Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> and so, because of that, we're programmed that a certain behavior modification gives us access to the freezer where we can get the ice cream cone. And God says, I, your behavior modification, that's why I think your faith gives you the key to the refrigerator. Keep eating the ice cream cone, you're not going to get calories. Come on. <laughs> Romans chapter 4, verse 4 says, when people work, when people work, their, their wages are not a gift anymore. Pay me what you owe me. I worked but something they have not earned. But people are counted righteousness, not because of their work, but because of what? Their faith. Y'all getting the message? Their faith in God who forgives sinners. What is sinners? Man, what is sin? Sin simply means missing the mark with God. I'm unable to hit the bullseye. I can't work to it. I can't get it. Christ is the bullseye, period, flat out, the work of Christ. And knowing all of this, essentially what Paul was saying, I'm disclosing to you the revelatory revelation of an invisible God. And because of all of this, because you stand in an undeserved spot, you should have, without a shadow of a doubt, unwavering confidence. Faith will produce unwavering confidence, being bold. Confidence keeps you when nothing else will keep you. The confidence that comes by faith, it's unwavering. The promises of God are yes and amen. They're going to come to pass. They do have a hope. They do have a future. They've been being accomplished through mankind generation after generation. So we hold up in necessary times when we need to hold up. We're established by our faith. We're anchored by faith. We're anchored, and anchored is stability. Anchored means that I'm not going to be blown and tossed by every wave of the sea of life or the sea of doctrine or the sea of unbelief or the sea of this opinion or this opinion or that opinion. I'm anchored by faith. I'm not like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. I'm not a double-minded man, unstable in all my ways. I'm anchored by faith. I'm like what the psalmist said. I'm an oak tree of righteousness where my roots go deep, and it's not the righteousness that comes from man. It's the righteousness that comes from God by faith. 
And that faith, that invisible ingredient, that master key puts down a root in your life. So matter, no matter what happens, you're going to stand in faith. No matter what happens in the family, you're going to stand in faith. No matter what happens to your health, you're going to stand in faith. To your children, you're going to stand in faith. To your finances, you're going to stand in faith. To your nation, you're going to stand in faith because we're established by faith. So we have an unwavering confidence. This is how we overcome, folks. That's why Paul the Apostle said you've got to fight the good fight of faith. He told, Jesus told his, uh, one of his close disciples named Peter, said, Peter, the devil wants to sift you like wheat. He wants to take you out. He'll use any venue there is. He wants to take you out. So what did he pray for Peter? He didn't say, you know, Peter, I'm praying that you're going to keep, you know, you're cutting people's ears off and all that kind of stuff, man. I think you need to kind of work on your temper, right? (laughs) He didn't say, Peter, you know, I saw you over there. You're getting kind of excited. Let's adjust that a little bit in your emotional intelligence. He said, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith will not fail you so that you can stand in unwavering confidence because by the way, Peter, they're going to kill you anyway. They killed him. Some theologians said that he was pretty bold. He said, don't crucify me right side up, hang me upside down. I'm not even worthy to even be look like Christ who was upside, right side up being crucified. Unwavering faith. Faith that I'm about to be resurrected from the dead. Chop this head off today. This is the gospel we preach. This is, what, this is the type of confidence that Paul the apostle was talking about. You know, in Hebrews it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy in time of need. When you begin to explore that passage of scripture, essentially it's saying, kick the door down, folks. If God was in the house and he was waiting for you to come in, don't bother ringing the doorbell. Don't bother looking through the window to see if anybody's there. Don't knock on the door and cover the peephole. Anybody ever do that? Don't don't do that to my house, by the way. I get really strange when I see a finger on the peephole. I go into other tactics in my mind. No. God said, just bust through the doors so that you can access my grace and grace is unmerited favor that I want to endow upon your life. It equates to mercy. It equates to the non-judgment free zone. It equates to there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and faith busts through the door and receives that and acquires that. And that's what he's saying. We need that type of boldness. We need that unwavering confidence. And when we have that, it produces this thing called joy. You know, faith produces an ending joy in our life. And a lot of times, we, we actually get confused between joy and happiness. See, see, there's a difference between human happiness and godly joy. Human happiness is about meeting my personal expectations, Right? I'm happy today. It it means I'm happy when my situation or my circumstance meets my desire. How many like that? I'm on the throne. I love it. It means I'm happy when others respond in the way I want them to respond or the way I expect them to respond. So I got a a really bad report for you. It ain't going to happen. You're going to have schizophrenic happiness. 
I'm feeling good today. I ain't feeling so good tomorrow. I got the raise on the job. Tomorrow I'm angry. I'm looking for another company. My wife didn't cook that breakfast I wanted. She stopped cooking, as a matter of fact. I'm real upset. <laughs> when my wife doesn't cook, I eat like a bachelor. How about how many men I got in here? I'll, I'll scavenge. I'll mix ingredients you've never seen mixed before. <laughs> but, but this is what God is saying. He, he, he's saying, look, folks, I've got something for you. I've, I've, got, I've got a joy that lasts. It has nothing to do with happiness. It has nothing to do with circumstances. See, joy is a spiritual perspective versus a earthly condition. And in order to have, I love in the systematic order of things, the law of the first mention, after Paul laid the foundation of no condemnation, after he laid the foundation of faith is the key, the last thing he was talking about was joy because he had to show everyone, the spirit of God had to reveal every, to everyone where we stand now because of faith. And because of that, we can possess unending joy. Joy doesn't equate that I'm happy. How about you? Are you happy every day? I'm not. Or I'm, sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I have anxiety. Sometimes I have fear. Sometimes I'm happy. What's that happy song? I was just thinking about it in my head right there. I'm happy. Right? <laughs> when I turn that song on, I feel happier. <laughs> Bob Marley, don't worry, be happy. There you go. And, and see, happiness is earthly. It's going to diminish. It has everything to do with our circumstance. And, and God's saying, I want you to live with joy. Joy is solidified by eternity. He said there's such joy about where you're going and about the God we serve that you can have joy in the midst of your trial. He keeps going and he says, verse three, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of what? Salvation or reconciliation. See, Jesus is more interested about your transformation than your earthly happiness. That's why it says that we're being transformed even into the image of Jesus so that because we know God and because we understand the way God thinks about us in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our victory, in the midst of all the things that happen to us in life, we can stand with joy and it's eternal joy and it'll never go away. The grass withers, the, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. It's an ever-ending joy, folks. That means that we're going to have it when we go to heaven. Come on, man. It's going to be good. The party's coming. The party's coming. You think you're going to have some football parties coming up. You ain't got nothing on Jesus. See, faith sees beyond where I am now and unlocks the door of hope which causes us to possess joy within our season here on earth. See, faith and hope works together. Romans, later on in that chapter, he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, verse 13, and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So folks, I don't know where you're at today, but I want you to leave here knowing that faith is the key to unlock everything in the kingdom. And it starts with unlocking the power of the cross 
over 2,000 years ago where Jesus bled for you as an individual. The cross has been diversified to humanity and you can access all of the benefits that is in the cross through faith. Will you bow your heads with me just for a moment? Nobody looking around? The Holy Spirit, the, the, the Lord himself has been drawing you and, and you found yourself here today and there's a little bit of faith in you. It's saving faith. It, it's the ingredient of faith. It's what God's deposited into you and you activate it by responding to what God did on the cross. It's a free gift of eternal life. It's a free gift of all the benefits. They belong to you. The refrigerator's open. You just have to access it and you access it through Jesus. See, there's one God and there's one mediator between God and man and his name is Christ Jesus. He's the great bridge. He reconciles men to God through the cross of Calvary. To us, it doesn't make sense, but our faith, it's everlasting life. It's the fountain of life. And it's yours, it belongs to you. And all you gotta do is believe. It says, whoever believe will be saved. Putting all your trust into that. Some of you in right now says, you know what? Today is my day. Today is the day of salvation. I'm ready for my benefit. I'm ready for full access. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to receive the power of forgiveness in my life because I can't miss, I can't make the mark without God. If that's you, just put your hand up and put it right back down. Say, that's me. Yes, sir, I see your hand. Another hand over here. Yep, be bold. Another hand there. That's me. Come on, that's me. The Holy Spirit loves you desperately. Who else? Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Who else? Yes, sir, see your hand right there. Who else? Say, that's me. Put your hand up, put it right back down. That's me. We're going to pray a prayer right now. I'm going to try to wrap some words around what God is doing in your life. Just say this, and if you didn't raise your hand, this is for you too. It's okay. God sees right where you're at. Just say, here I am, Lord. I believe in you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord. I receive forgiveness right now of my sin of missing the mark with God. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give it up, church, for those who prayed that prayer. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. 
Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.